So I was wondering if you would help me start the talk. <laughs> um, if you're willing and able, we'll see. Um, you may remember a few days ago, or was it months, and uh, Sohar began a talk by asking you to share a word or an image or a sentence. And just if, yeah, if anybody's able or willing, I would, it would just to have the opportunity to voice something you've appreciated today in your practice, in being here. If the interactive exercise, I'll just repeat to make sure everybody can hear. Friendly faces. Challenge. Feeling of respect. The baby robins in the garden. Being able to see. My morning talk. <laughs> the sudden wind. <laughs> Hot shower. The fact that my washing, your washing, sorry, didn't flow off the line in the strong wind. Amazing. <laughs> Any more? Last call for now. <laughs> Community. These two plants. These beings. Yeah, thank you. Made me smile. I was like, I don't know how that affected you. I'm kind of like, mm. he's like, mm. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, community. I think I'm going to use that as a segue into a few things I'd like to share this evening. Um, yeah, I'll see how it goes. Not not sure, kind of exactly what's there. So maybe that sense of finding finding the talk with you in a way. But I uh, wanted to reflect a bit on um, what I like to think about and call the strange happiness of the path or the strange happinesses of, of practice. Yeah. And... Um, and some of which, maybe many of which, seem to um, go counter to a lot of, you know, what we've learned about what we have to do to be happy. Right? It's this strong cultural conditioning and, yeah, just very sort of basic conditioning that somehow in order to be happy, we have to get something that we haven't got. And, um, yeah, I think in just what you all just shared, you know, it's like it's really not about, or it, didn't, it doesn't seem to me that any of that was really about getting anything. Yeah, so... So yeah, kind of a wish to celebrate um, maybe the kind of happiness we can find which is counter, countercultural or um, counter to our very ingrained belief that um, that it's you know far away or not possible, dependent upon conditions being the way we want them to be, right? So I, I come back to this again and again as a kind of an inspiration and perhaps an orientation, a reorientation. That's of, there's some kind of strange happiness that... Um, I think I intuited very, very early on when I first came on retreat to Gaia House. Uh, feels like eons ago, or lifetimes ago, <laughs> um, to the old Gaia House up uh, in, in Denbury. Having absolutely no idea what I was letting myself in for. <laughs> no idea, really. I, I had some silence because of my Quaker background, and I thought... Um, the uh, the title sounded promising. It it was um, yes. um, meditation and living a full life. And at the time, I was doing fifty nine things every day, and thought, "Hey, this sounds good. It'll help me do even more things." Little did I know, <laughs> it was not quite what was meant. Um, and I was, you know, one of those difficult times in one's life kind of, you know, 28 and sort of just not in a good state and anyway, I won't go into all the story, but 
So I sort of arrived into this place and I think what I really encountered in that first retreat and, and probably many the, after that was this sense of arriving into a safe place. Boy, that really touches me. still really gets me that we come together most people here have never met each other before <laughs> and isn't it amazing you know the sense of intimacy of, of, of this sense of you know at least relative safety of course never you know never completely there but and um and and then combined with the silence. And so if you remember I some point I mentioned the teaching of Henry Nowen about the the hospitality and the way we can offer each other a, a safe place or he uses the different words um, a friendly emptiness. A place where we are free to discover our own dance and to leave, to follow our own vocation. I think, you know, that sense of how rare and precious it is, it is to find these spaces, these places. Um, and um, so when I was reflecting on what I appreciate about practice or you know, what I was appreciating today, I think that's that often comes to mind very as a very cent central kind of key appreciation. I remember on that first retreat, you know, that's what I really got was the kindness, the silence, and just the beauty of the place. And it felt like for the first time since I was a child, I actually got to look at a tree. You know, it was like wow. One of that is like, oh, what have I been doing for fifteen years? You know, um, and the the other thing was that I really, I think I don't remember now, and I think at the time the the teachings and somebody was saying they were just a blur of words. I don't really know what she said. You know, I remember at one point she held up a clock, a little clock, and said, "What is this?" <laughs> and I was like. It's a clock. No, I just, I don't know. <laughs> just, just, and I remember just this sense of words, you know, just the, just like, okay, whatever, I don't know, I really like it here, you know. Um, and a sense of that intuiting something really, really precious, something really beautiful, something really healing, um, something really helpful. That if it was, um, I couldn't put it into words, you know, really, as you know, still kind of can be hard to put it into words, especially to people who've never done this. You say, what, what did you do? Well, um, what happened? Well, um, what's it for? Well, um, <laughs> it's a strange happiness. 
And and I can remember on some of those very early retreats as well, you know, I st- just crying a huge amount, just weeping, you know, and and I still cry quite a lot as part of my practice, but I was really going for it, you know, and I'd make these great puddles on the on the zabaton, the, the mat thing, and, and nobody would come and fuss at me. I thought this was marvellous. I was allowed to make a puddle and not be fussed at, you know. So again, that sense of a, a silent, supportive, kind space where I could, you know, just, yeah, whatever. Again, we can't, it's hard to describe, isn't it? But just really aware how over the years, you know, maybe we go through these different um, senses of like, images or views of what a retreat is. One of my friends, he would often talk about, you know, was it a, you know, it's like being on retreat or this place, it's like a laboratory. You know, we've talked a lot about experimenting, haven't we? It's like we all come with our, you know, Bunsen burners and our you know, little tubes and things and making experiments. And different images we might have can be quite helpful, you know, to to um, see if they're, they're helpful. You know, is it like sometimes you realize, oh my gosh, I've been feeling like I'm going into the hall as if it was my A-levels, you know, and it's like, oh got to, you know, pass a test or something. Even these things can be quite subtle, I think. Yeah, interesting. Um, So um, being able to appreciate the retreat, the retreat space that we're we're creating together, really uh, just wonderful. And always, I mean, I've been teaching for a little while and... And I haven't actually taught a group retreat here for a, a quite a while, like three years or more. And for me, again, this is a special place and sort of the sense of the alchemy. You know, you all come from wherever, all over the place, you know, and then and we gather in this hall and then we appear and then, you know, and the coordinate. And there's something like all these conditions, isn't it? All these different conditions start to, to come together to create this space. You know, and, and we're contributing to that. And I always find it quite miraculous. Like, you, you, you're, you're all still here, <laughs> for example. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> because I know very well what it can be like to, like, I just want to run down the road screaming and never come back. You know, um, that confusion or that just the irritation, or all the different things that can um, feel difficult, you know, and as you've all shared... Um, I really appreciate your patience <laughs> with us, with yourself, with each other, with the place, you know, with, with the, uh, you know, this crazy mind. And uh, the way that when especially hearing you in the one-to-ones or in the, the groups. It's like hearing that sense of the willingness to, to kind of stay with it and to keep exploring and, and hearing some of these fruits already, you know, and, and we share a bit with each other sometimes and just that sense of really invite you to appreciate what you're learning or appreciate 
You know, there's little moments, little moments of, oh, oh, look at that, you know, or some small shift that, you know, feels like, you know, if you say it to another person, it doesn't sound like much, but for you, it's like, wow, I've never seen it like that, or, yeah, just very, very small moments, moments of, 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 of quietness, quietness, or moments of just being able to feel what's there without um, judgment, yeah, you know, just, and this is the realm of insight, isn't it, of seeing clearly, just of really, really appreciating that, and certainly in my own process in teaching, which is not easy, and I will not burden you with any more about that, but just so interesting to see how I just appreciate the practice, being able to feel the body, <laughs> feel the sensations in the body, and all of these things that we practice and we learn and then we can bring to bear, you know, in our lives. This is this is a training, as another image, isn't it? It's like kind of training camp or something, what we're doing our exercises, you know, it's like soften and widen, soften and widen. <laughs> You have to forgive my silliness, though. It's not too awful. But, um, yeah, yeah, that we are, you know, we're training. We're training. That's another way of seeing it, you know. And I, I think at some point in my practice, I became really aware that that sense of, you know, you think nothing's happening. I'm going on retreat and carrying on with my life. I'm still depressed. I'm still anxious. You know, nothing's happening. And then something happens and you realize, oh, so I met that a bit differently. Okay, I mean, we could probably, again, we could share lots of examples of that. And I just, it's just coming to mind, so I might as well share it, a very simple thing, but it was a little while ago um, on an airplane. And I don't know about you, but if you, if you do fly, like sometimes it's fine. I'm just like, okay, flying. No. Sometimes it's really, really frightening. On this occasion, I just, for some reason, I was, really really scared you know just that kind of like oh god i'm just gonna lose it you know any minute and and um and that turning to practice and just being able in that particular you know situation being able to just okay um opening to the fear okay let me feel this you know this very simple but extraordinarily sometimes difficult thing to to achieve and and allowing that to happen and then feeling feeling the fear kind of start to uh, change. And my memory is really ropey at the best of times because now age is making it even worse. But anyway, I think how it kind of went was the fear just, and especially as we were taking off, it sort of, sort of morphed into a kind of sadness, like a kind of grief. And we were taking off from England, and I was terribly sad when I leave England. Like, oh, goodbye, the mothership, you know. <laughs> um, and then, and then it's sort of like again, just simply being open to that process. It sort of morphed again into this gratitude, gratitude. Just so thankful for the great gift of being born in this country and having lived in it for a while, and. And and then and then I think my memory is that it just then it just sort of went peaceful. It just just went you know isn't that you probably 
maybe have experiences like that. And and again, you know, not that you can make it happen, because uh, as you well know, we're not in control of things. And just reminding us all about that. <laughs> but the gift of being able to see, no, we're not in control, but there is there is a, a, a response, there is a skillfulness. And again, over the months and years of practice, um, kind of seeing how that can support us in our life in, in sometimes really surprising ways. So community, I also wanted to, you know, part of our being together is about generosity. And it's another, you know, maybe it's a teaching where I've, it's, um, I appreciate so much when I when I reflect on the generosity that goes into, you know, allowing us to be here. And um, yeah, let's see. This isn't quite going how I thought it would go, but then that's life, right? So the talk is what happens while you made other plans. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe I'll I'll just share one teaching story which I love very much, um, and I hope I can tell it. Uh, you know, in a true way, although I can't remember it word for word. Um, but it's about generosity, and I think it's also, I don't know, for me, it's, it feels very, like, uh, uh, yeah, a helpful teaching. So, um, it's from uh, uh, Eastern European uh, Jewish tradition, I think. So it's a story of a wise and loving rabbi who had lived in a small place, had some students and uh, a small little place and it was near a village and every week there would be a special time when uh, the villagers were, you know, welcome to come and and join the, the worthy students and the, and the wise rabbi and just share in, I don't know, some conversation or just to be in the rabbi's presence and so on this occasion the wise uh, erudite and uh, serious students were gathering and it was all very hushed and the, the rabbi was there and then along came this very very uncouth local person very uncouth very came lumbering in and got out his bag and dumped a whole lot of big radishes on the table started to cut them up and and chomp them with great relish and enjoy the loud crunching and the students the the students were all like censoring him with their looks like you know shh like this how could you and how disrespectful you know they wouldn't some of them you know and so the the wise rabbi was seeing all of this happening and at some point he just imagined him kind of looking around and saying oh you know, I, I, um, I just feel like a really good radish. Is there anybody here who could get me one? And with a flood of happiness, the radish eater gathered up some of the pieces he had cut and gave them to the rabbi. That's the story. Isn't that lovely? I just... There's something, yeah, you know, I guess with these stories that touch us, there's something about that that, you know, how often are you the, the, the you know, the 
the student who's all being proper and I mean I know that's a, I can see that tendency in myself you know or how often I feel like the uncouth sort of one lumbering in and you know kind of and then the kindness of that and the generosity and the wisdom and the teaching that was to the you know to the students and the teach and the offering of kindness that was to the to the radish eater so I appreciate I appreciate stories, you know, stories, made-up stories or stories of experiences and how much, again, it's like I was saying before, they, they have a certain kind of power to speak to us, to speak to the heart, you know, that, that, that concepts can, you know, kind of sometimes not have, at least for, for some of us, so... And sometimes when, yeah, when I, I listen to you in interviews and groups, and you know, I appreciate you, you know, making the attempt to tell a story of your practice, like, just to try and put some of it into words and make a narrative, because I know how difficult that can be. I just really appreciate that. Hmm. So another thing I really appreciate uh, in practice and um, is the sense of uh, how just sitting here, just sitting here can feel like a kind of homecoming. You know, that's simple. So if you could say the simple side of all of this, it just, we're just here. <sighs> the sense of coming home to the present, you know, to sounds, you know, sights, what's happening now. And isn't it, it's like, you know, and I guess it was, must have been like this at the time of the Buddha to some extent because all the teachings still, still seem so relevant that we, you know, live so much in, in the realm of thought, thoughts about the past, the future, thoughts about self and other, I think, four main topics. And to be able to taste the joy of even beginning to, or even the moments of, of actually being present, isn't it? And I know there's some, I can't remember where it's from, that small moments many times. You know, we have an image, maybe practices like we just get in there and at some point we just go, mm, you know, and we're just in there and we're just present forever. That's it's done. And it's small moments many times. And then that, that, that kind of momentum. But the, yeah, the, the, the sense of always for me, it's maybe one of the things I come back to because the teachings can be and are in some way very profound and subtle and hard to understand but that I always feel like the real doorway into that, the doorway into the understanding, both the, 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 you know, the small insights and the big ones and the, you know, all kinds are, it's like the treasure under the doorstep. And it's always just here, you know, just sort of where we are. Or, and it's like we're always stepping over the, the doorstep or something like that and missing. And I find that, you know, such a important kind of um, thing to come back to and also just to appreciate, 
to appreciate that, moments of that. And, you know, like on those first retreats, tasting like, oh, wow. This, you know, I remember one moment where maybe you had some moments like this today. I was lying under a bush. Because you do that sort of thing on retreat, don't you? Nobody comes over and says, what are you doing? That's a bit weird. You're only lying under that bush staring upwards. You know? <laughs> it's just like, okay, that's fine. Guy house, staring, lying under a bush. Okay. Um, and I'm staring, looking at the sun shining through the leaves, you know. Like, oh, coming back to life. And coming home somehow. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, I know we've we've been mentioning some different teachings from the great Thich Nhat Hanh, and I wanted to share a very lovely gatao verse from him, which I use and sometimes teach um, in this regard. I have arrived. I am home. In the here. In the now. So I just offer that to you as a, or practice to, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes here when, when you're just, you know, your mind is just going crazy or something, sometimes it's a very simple thing. Uh, I have arrived. I am home. In the here. In the now. And again, and I think something like that can point us, you know, to sort of something we keep forgetting. So reminding, remembering. So really appreciating all the different ways. And I was, I was going to read you lots of teachings, but I think that's such a lovely one. These, you know, simple... Like another, actually, I will share one more. I've got lots of them. And I think in terms of another thing I appreciate, we're talking about appreciation a lot, is we can remember things. <laughs> we can actually remember things. I mean, we forget a lot, but we can remember a bit. Oh, phew, I remember a bit. Yay. Um, and just having these little things. So during the day, like we do here on retreat, you know, we have this little thing or whatever you're developing for yourself that we come back to. And then in our life, I found this an incredibly invaluable practice. Just like for a week or a month, you know, a theme or a little verse like this, you know, you're on the bus. I have arrived. <laughs> I am home on the bus. I am here. No, sorry, in the here. In the now. In On the Tottenham Court Road. So... You know, it's this incredibly wonderful, portable, and challenging because I like with this all this kind of thing. You know, it's easy enough to say it when you feel really lovely and you're in a nice place inwardly and outwardly. Yeah, you know, I've arrived. <laughs> I've finally arrived. <laughs> this is good. I finally made it. You know, cling, cling, cling. Uh, oops. You know, and then. Yeah, what's it like? You know, you're in the hospital and a loved one is seriously ill. I have arrived. I am home. In the here. In the now. So this is, yeah, this is a training for our life. 
you know, for all the the lovely and the difficult and the boring. And I really appreciate that about the practice. You know, some of it can be very rarefied and we get into these sometimes, some people, very, very beautiful, deep samadhi states of stillness and all that. Lovely. And it passes. They pass. So we don't undervalue them because of that, but yeah. So how do we practice when the mind is scattered and distracted and upset? Yeah. So I appreciate a lot about how practice can really, if we really, when we really, yeah, practice remembering, it can become this, what I think of as compassionate accompaniment. A compassionate accompaniment. Yeah. Well, I had lots of other things I was going to say, but um, I'm just wondering. I, I think one of the like a happiness, strange happiness of practice I might want to mention a little bit is I've kind of already touched on it. But have you had any of those moments today, or maybe in the last few days, when you when you is something really unpleasant happening, but actually you feel, well, maybe not happy is not the right word, but actually there's some kind of, wow, I, I'm seeing this. Wow, I'm being with this. Cool. Hmm. So I can tell a little story about Finland again. Um, it's one of my just uh, something that happened in Helsinki Airport, which just illustrates this a bit of, of um, you know, one of those moments when so I was going to the airport and somebody had the effrontery to brush past me with his briefcase. Rage! How dare he! And I just like feel this like monstrous kind of like. Rah! I mean, really, I'm not exaggerating. Well, maybe a little bit, but let's see. If, you know that feel that energy of just like Rah! he brushed against me. I was like, why? And then this image flashed into my mind of me kicking him. <laughs> I was like, wow, look at that! And I didn't kick him, and I didn't run after him or anything. I was just like, because I was coming to Finland to teach a meditation retreat, so I was like, okay, better not kick the man. But no, it was more like, it was more like I was really aware. You know, there was in that moment like real steadiness so that this little drama could sort of arise and pass. Maybe, you know, we could share sort of I know you Mara stories. I know you might. If you don't know, that's the figure in the in the Buddha's life. This kind of tempter, or that sort of devil figure, appears in disguise and tries to trip him up and tempt him and make him do unskillful things or say something unskillful or something like that. Anyway, and the Buddha is never fooled. And instead of arguing with Mara or hitting him or kicking him. <laughs> He, he, he at some point turns, recognizes him, you know, kind of, and says, I know you, Mara. I know you, Mara. So I, I feel a lot of joy and appreciation in that. You know, I think those moments when we're able to, 
to recognize that and um, to really know that even oh, we were talking again Thich Nhat Hanh keeps coming to mind thank you thank you I've never I've never met him or anything but I remember one story about him teaching somewhere in the big group and and somebody in the audience said something and he got very very angry so he got he got up and walked out and this you know one of the attendants or somebody helping came and said what's the matter and he just explained you know I've just got really really angry and I was afraid I I just didn't want to do or say anything unskillful so he he just stepped back and I thought well even him so do you see do you see what we we can so easily set ourselves up to think we shouldn't be angry anymore I don't I don't think that's what's required or oh, another lovely story I hope I can imagine char about somebody accusing accusing him of having a lot of hate and he said that may be so but I don't make any use of it Isn't that uh, unbelievable reply? What a teaching. Yeah, that may be so, but I don't make any use of it. Oh, this really wasn't the talk I was going to give, so there you go. Um, <laughs> I'm in solidarity with you in your med meditation practice, not going the way you thought it would go. <laughs> Yeah, but again, if I, you know, the sense of appreciation for practice and for the strange happiness, you know, again, who who, who knew, you know, that, that witnessing your anger could actually be a cause for for gladness. So strange happiness, you know, that through a whole retreat, one moment of seeing that the washing had not blown off the line. Anyway, so um, appreciation of so many kinds and uh, great appreciation for you again with your patience and your perseverance and your kindness and just hmm, really wish you the many, many fruits of all kinds of happiness and also, lots of not so bad, really. They've come to value that more and more. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'll stop there. Thank you for your attention. Let's just sit quietly together for a, a few moments. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.